0: Santa's watching, Santa's creeping Now you're nodding, now you're sleeping Were you good for mom and dad? Santa knows if you've been bad
1: There might be a tree to pour kids are all learning to trust Santa Claus they don't have any uh, fairy tales left
0: was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was staring not even a
1: mouse the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that Saint Nicholas soon would be there and they say on the commercial that it only looks like Santa Claus But to a child, there is only one Santa Claus. Try and survive Christmas, silent night, deadly night. We're not out to do this to be famous or anything. We're out to get the movie taken out of the theater.
0: Radio Drome. It's Christmas. Santa Claus is coming. Santa Claus is waiting. And no, I will not sing it. I am Josh Hadley, and you are listening to Radio Drome. On this very silent night, on this very deadly night, Peter is here as
2: well. You see, Stella Claus, you better run, boy. You better run for your life.
1: (laughs) Christmas
0: Eve is the scariest
2: damn night
0: of the whole year. I love that guy's performance. We'll get into that.
3: He's awesome.
0: Yeah. Cecil, no, I will not be playing the garbage day clip. Trachtenberg is here.
3: No, I will not. And also, I was gonna say, uh, I was trying to, I was hoping that you would say Santa Claus is not coming, so I could throw in the uh, the Linnea Quigley thing. Where she gets up and leaves. He's with not the t- only one. He's not the only one.
0: Before we get into the Silent Night Deadly Night franchise, you guys need to get into each other, which is how Adam and Eve comes in. Kink up your holiday through the end of the year. If you go to adamandeve.com, you use the promo code DROME, you will get a free Naughty and Nice kit. You will get 50% off of a single item, a gift for him, a gift for her, a gift for both of you, and free U.S. shipping. All for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. Peter picked tonight's topic. I thought doing a Christmas retrospective on the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise is a little on the freaking nose, but fine, we'll do it. So, Peter, why did you want to talk about this?
2: Oh, well, I mean, I guess an uh, obvious topic, because it's the holiday season, but also because I, I do think it's uh it's a pretty fun series, and I don't think a lot of people know that there are more after the infamous Garbage Day Part 2 entry. Uh, you know, there's a third one, there's a fourth one, there's a fifth one, and there's also a a uh, sort of semi-remake that also I, I don't think a lot of people know about. So I thought it would be a, a fun one to cover, since you, you're somebody who's adamant on doing things that are a little more obscure, things that... That a lot of people don't know about so i thought it would be fun to do this series
3: there's kind of a mix of ups and downs some of them are are not particularly good but the ones that are good are great it's a it's a very interesting thing and um i know the um the writer and one of the producers of the original one they unfortunately didn't have anything to do with any of the sequels and they had said if uh, if they had done the sequels they would have done them much differently and uh, it's one of those things where i don't hate the sequels. It's kind of interesting that they did happen, but I would have been curious to see the direction that they went in. For the second one, uh, the writer, name eludes me at the moment, uh, was saying that he wanted to focus on the Mother Superior from the first movie for the second one, instead of turning it into, uh, you know, what instead of turning it into what we all know it turned into.
0: Let's go back to 1984, when the movie Slay Ride, S-L-A-Y, Slay Ride was being made. This was the movie that turned into Silent Night Deadly Night. TriStar, the distribution company released the film. I think TriStar is the problem with Silent Night Deadly Night and all the controversy. That was all TriStar's fault. This movie being directed by Charles Se- by Charles Sellier. Sellier.
3: Is- I listened to the commentary and they they repeatedly they frequently talked about him it was Sellier.
0: Okay, Fruity Boy. Sellier directed was generally seen as one of the sleazier slasher films of the 80s, but in reality is one of the better ones. Because how dare a slasher movie spend the first 45 minutes building character? And, I mean, yes, it's got the rape and the murder in the very beginning. How dare a slasher movie show us why the killer's doing what he's doing? It shows us why we cannot get behind what he's doing. It shows us why he is completely broken. It shows us how he becomes completely broken. How dare a sleazy prurient movie like Silent Night, Deadly Night spend half of its time on character development. God, it's like all the people that complained about this movie never watched it, huh?
3: Yeah, uh, the only unfortunate thing is I know that there were two people that complained loudly about it that did see the movie. Uh, was Siskel and Ebert. Man, did, were they off the mark. Now, I understand not liking a movie, but the thing that disgusted me with them was they said that much like I spit on your grave, that this movie had no reason to exist.
0: Leonard Moulton called it a, quote, worthless splatter film. And Siskel and Ebert went so far as to say, Shame on you all the filmmakers you may have made some money off of the negative publicity, but it's literally blood money on
3: yeah, and it's like, okay, let's not be overly dramatic here. It's not blood money. No one died. No one, you know, m- nothing bad Happened because of the movie. It's a horror movie, and actually, oh no, like you said, they spent a little bit more time. Actually, they spent a lot more time. Half the movie. Half the movie uh, focusing on character development, and so when you know uh, when Billy finally snaps, you kind of feel bad because you're like, all right, this guy, you know, he went through a horrific tragedy in his youth. was just completely berated by this evil uh mother superior
0: no 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 I, no i'll fight you i'll fight you on that one. I actually think Lillian chavian as mother superior actually is not the villain that the that most people make her out to be. They portray her as sincerely believing what she is doing to him, to Billy, will cure him of his fear of Santa. They don't make her some malicious, sadistic ball breaker. They make her out to, and her her interactions with Sister Margaret make it clear, she truly believes she's helping Billy. So I I think that makes her not a villain. It makes her wrong, but not the villain.
3: Okay, so when Hitler was killing all the Jews and absolutely <laughs> believed that, that that he was helping, you know, d- that doesn't make him not a villain – You know, she was doing things and she thought that what she was doing was right, but it was still wrong. So she's still the villain like she. okay. so
2: that's something that actually makes for a really good villain is when they truly believe that they're that what they're doing is 100 percent right. That's what a lot of great villains do, where they think they're the they're the hero in their own little story. Like it's, it's 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 sort of the same as like. Parents that beat their kids and thinking that like whooping the shit out of them all their life is like actually going to straighten them up and make them, you know, good adults later on and not worrying about the obvious psychological damage that can come from it. This is pretty much how I saw Mother Superior being. She's not necessarily the villain, but she is a catalyst as to why Billy became what he is, because it was because of her that the whole punishment thing came into play. I agree. Yeah. I, I just
0: I just don't see her being painted as the villain as fair because the movie actually ha- is much more dimensional than than a one dimensional evil mother superior villain that I think the second film may turned her into. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that there's more depth here than a lot of people would think out of a slasher movie called Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, mm-hmm. well, absolutely.
3: I mean, the film is one of the more deeper slasher movies out there, which was why I was so frustrated that you had all these uh, people that w- it was a combination of you had critics that already didn't like this kind of movie. I mean, Siskel and Ebert, uh, they hated Friday the 13th. They hated they hated, uh, um, they hated uh, I Spit on Your Grave. And but it was OK
0: th- when Halloween did it.
3: Well, I guess because Halloween wasn't as gory. I think that was kind of their their issue with it. Like, Silent Night, Deadly Night was a lot of exploitative things. You know, there was a fair amount of nudity. There was a decent amount of blood. And they did kind of push that angle on it. And so I think that that was kind of what they were against. And it it bugged me. That they, you know, as somebody who would be critics of film that would come out and say that, you know, these movies don't have a right to exist, that these movies should never have been made. That is a very, very slippery slope, because what gives you the right to say what should and should not be made? You may not like it, but that doesn't mean that it should not have been made.
0: Because, well, the controversy, I think, actually comes from TriStar. TriStar screwed up the ad campaign, because what happened is a couple of Milwaukee mothers Saw the ads you know the Santa Claus with the axe going down the chimney, and freaked out over this, and they started a campaign and whatnot even even Lillian chavian that she she's proud of the film she doesn't have a problem with the film
1: I think went wrong was the promo if the promo had done no Santa Claus whatsoever but had taken maybe the child who is terrified Christmas. <laughs> This is the scariest damn night of the year. i would be scared too, as you. The mother superior who says, But when we do something naughty, we are always caught. And then we are punished. Punishment is absolute. Punishment is necessary. And When she says naughty, naughty. Very, very naughty. If they had done something like that and shown how the boy got twisted, If the promo had been just that, it would have been wonderful. Somebody got carried away with an idea. Wouldn't it be sensational to have a picture and advertise with Santa Claus? Never, ever thinking of the repercussion. Putting the Santa Claus in it gave advantage to the people who saw the promo. Sure, the public has a right to have an opinion. I don't think you have the right to impose your opinion on somebody
0: else. I agree with that. Tristar seemed to look at the Friday the 13th campaign and by now Halloween 2 was gearing up and whatnot. They sold this as a sleazy film. Go back and watch those early trailers. Listen to those early radio spots. They sold this as a sleazy movie. They were basically selling the last half hour of this film only. So I blame Tristar for all the controversy. If they had sold this movie properly, I don't think this movie would have been as controversial as it was. And it cost Tristar dearly. They mm. had to pull this thing from theaters because of all the controversy. It later made its money back on – well, it made more than its budget in that seven days. But it made its money back on cable and video. But I, I blame Trimark.
3: One of the producers that said that Tristar lied about the movie about because um, they had said it was actually in theaters for two weeks – And they said because the first week it was out, they pulled uh, Tristar pulled the ads. And, but by that time, you know, ads were already out there. It was only in limited release. And the first week it actually outpaced uh, a nightmare on Elm street. It opened with a nightmare on Elm street with the second week. It made four point uh, as of the f- you know first one a week uh, and two weeks totaled. They made more money their second week. They made a total of $4.2 million, which was four times the initial ad campaign money. But what happened was they got word because TriStar at the time was owned by Coca-Cola and they panicked because oh my god here's this movie with you know Coke at Christmas time was very well known for having Santa Claus drinking Coke. And they thought that Santa Claus being, you know, carrying an axe and uh, hacking up people would be bad for their brand. So they came down on Tristar and said, you pull this movie immediately. And Tristar came out and said that the reason that they were pulling it was that it was under, you know, it wasn't performing well and it wasn't worth sending it to a wide release. When a couple of days before this, they were talking to the producers and they said that they were gearing up to go with a wide release closer to Christmas because they said that the movie was tracking well enough that it was going to pull in, they said, close to $20 million because, as of currently, it was only in a fourth of the country, and it was doing so well, and the controversy was really kind of working for it. But then Cope made them pull it. They pulled the film from theaters, and they actually even dropped um, the video release. So one of the producers had to buy the movie back from Tristar, and then he ended up making a deal with um, uh, Vice, I believe, and uh, got it released on home video later. Uh,
0: uh, I I think it was, I think IVE released it. IVE, I'm sorry,
3: IVE. That's right, I'm mixing up my letters here. Yeah, it was IVE. And they eventually got it released into, uh, you know, on home video. But uh, yeah, they were the movie was doing very well and would have made a lot more money than, uh, you know, they got screwed over for. But yeah, then Tristar basically tried to say, you know, that, uh, oh, it's not doing that well, which was complete crap. It was doing it was doing above and beyond anything that they thought it was going to do.
2: I think Silent Night, Deadly Night is easily one of the best slasher movies and is very overlooked by people who just assume that it is just a, a little sleazy garbage movie because, as you said, there are a lot of layers to it. There's so much build-up. Half the movie is establishing this Billy character, and by the time he is 18 and he's working in like the toy store in the warehouse, you honestly do start to, to root for him and you want him to do well and you actually start feeling sorry for him when he's triggered by the whole santa claus thing like he he has as he suffers this like horrific thing when he's a kid his parents are are killed by this you know drifter dressed up as santa claus rapes his mother in front of him you know ends up going to this like catholic school he's beaten by a nun he's told that if he if he does even like a, a smidge of the wrong thing he'll get beaten and punished finally grows up to be this, you know, nice milk-drinking uh, blonde guy just trying to do the right thing, and then they try to get him to dress up as Santa Claus at the store because the usual store Santa is gone. He gets drunk and then thinks he's Santa Claus and goes around punishing people. The guy pretty much just snaps, I mean... It, it almost feels like this movie could work very well for the whole Tumblr generation because it's kind of a trigger warning the movie. It's this guy getting triggered by Santa Claus and then essentially goes and starts killing people. Like, I don't think it's is as silly as it sounds, I guess, but I do think it's a really effective way to have, have your character doing these horrific things. At the same time, you, you empathize or, or sympathize with him, but you still know that what he's doing is wrong, but you kind of, as we were talking about earlier, you get a sense of, why he's doing it like it actually makes sense and it's and yes there is some sleaze there is you know nudity and violence and stuff but the way everything is is portrayed um especially the actor playing billy does an amazing job when he sort of goes into santa mode like he almost becomes this like Cold, ruthless, machine-like killer, like saying "punish" when he's about to kill people. Like it's, it, it's really chilling the way he portrays that character, and I think he really is one of the, the the things carrying the movie. Like his performance, I think is is one of the brilliant, most most brilliant things in in just about any horror movie that I can think of. I, I think it's uh it's a classic. Well, and then th- there's one moment where you really get scared for what he might do
0: after he's <laughs> killed Linnea Quigley and her boyfriend. He's about to kill the little girl that they were babysitting for. He's got the yeah. He's, he's got the box mm-hmm. cutter that he cut his girlfriend. He eviscerated her from her belly button t- to her neck. He split her in two. He's asking the little girl if she's been naughty or nice, and he's gonna kill her if she says she's been naughty. And yeah. as a viewer, you're not sure if he's going to or not. Mm-hmm. That's one of those moments where you're like, I actually, because I hadn't seen this movie in many years. I don't remember if he kills her. And then he gives her the bloody box cutter as her Christmas gift. Okay, there's some more psychological problems. Now, there's where the sequel should have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that should have been the sequel, her. But, you know, killer, you know, said it's helper, Mrs. Claus or something. Mm-hmm. But
3: because then because yeah. then she goes downstairs and you hear her call for the babysitter. So, you know, that she found, you know, the, the, the babysitter, body, at least Cause, cause, body.
0: Cause the boyfriend got thrown out the window. So she might not see him, but she's mm-hmm. going to see Linnea.
3: Yeah. H- hung by the uh, the antlers. So, yeah, yeah she just <laughs> Santa Claus just killed her babysitter and gave her a bloody knife. Yeah, that's basically is a good launch pad for a sequel.
0: To me, the movie has got a lot more layers than it should. I mean it's got some stupid moments in it. Any slasher movie from this era is going to. It's a yeah. much better movie than I think the sequels would let you think it is. And boy do the sequels mine this
3: Not only one of the best slasher movies, but it's one of the best horror movies like ever made. It's so well done because they focus on the killer instead of focusing on the kill on on the um victims because so many horror movies, they they show, okay, well, here's a bunch of stupid kids and they're doing stupid things. And there's this killer who comes along and starts killing them. And then later on in the movie, we get a little 30 second info dump as to why the killer's killing them. And then the end, Uh, whereas this, they went through a lot of character development. They showed what brought him to this point. And then he went on his rampage and it just plays out so differently because, yes, you feel bad for the the people that are being killed, but they're almost you don't know who they are. There's no real uh, info on the majority of them. They just kind of are cannon fodder. So you do feel bad for what they're going through. But then you also feel really bad for Billy because would have been a normal person had all of these bad things not happened to him. It's it's just such a shame, but it, it's a great movie. It, it's just excellent.
0: This film being, whether they wanted to admit it or not, a hit, a sequel, in quotes, came out in April, because why not, of 1987, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 was released. This is half of a movie, or technically two movies. Originally, the, the new distributor, IVE at this point, IVE has all the sequels, even when they become L-I-V-E down the line for, for four and five. It's all the same company. IVE, what they wanted basically to do was to recut the first film, put bookends on it, and then just re-release the first film. But director Lee Harry said, that's kind of sleazy. How about you give us a little bit of money and we'll use elements of the first film and make our own sequel. The problem with the second film is it's too reliant on on using the first film. It, of the of the one hour and 28 minute runtime of Silent Night Deadly Night 2, 44 minutes of that are just scenes from Silent Night Deadly Night one again so that's how it's half of a movie. The problem is they had no money. The script was written in six hours. According to the writer, if that <laughs> and they shot the first draft that came out of his typewriter after six hours, and you can kind of tell they yeah. they cast the infamous Eric Freeman as Ricky Billy's little brother who was a tiny itty bitty baby in the first film for most of it since you know it takes place over numerous years. Eric's performance is so over the top; he is such a terribly over the top actor. It's kind of sad when you find out that they don't they never say who it was, but. A much better actor was originally cast in that role, but they gave the role to Freeman because Freeman was, quote, better looking. So the better looking, worse actor got the role over the not as good looking, much better actor. This film is is all told in flashback as Ricky is remembering the events of the first film, when he was nine months old for most of it. And he's also remembering events he wasn't present for, and he's even remembering a dream (laughs) sequence that his brother had, but fine. Whatever. Silent Night, (laughs) Deadly Night 2 did not go over well with critics at all because of the fact that it's half of a movie or two movies, however you want to use it.
2: I really can't hate Eric Freeman because... As bad as that performance is, it's so ridiculously entertaining. And even the, like, I, I do find the movie to be, like, if you've already seen the first one, it's something you can put on with, like, a group of friends and watch and laugh at because his scenes are so over the top. They try to recreate the whole, you know, it, from from childhood that that sort of madness had been growing and there are these experiences that he's having but they're so ridiculous in comparison to the to the first film. I mean, you've got him killing somebody with a fucking umbrella. Like he <laughs> impales he impales a dude with an umbrella, lifts him up and then opens the umbrella from the back. And I don't. I don't know what they were thinking when. I mean, that in itself shows that this took six hours. Uh, let's see. How can we have him kill a guy? Uh, this has been done before. Yeah, uh, that's done to death. An umbrella just looks over in the corner and sees an sees an umbrella hanging there. It's like we'll have him shove an umbrella through him, and it'll open up, and it'll be really cool and, and scary, or maybe even they thought it would be funny. I mean, I would think writing that that like if I wrote that, I would be going for laughs. But that's just little moments like that in Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 make it sort of stand out. It's just one of those iconically horrible sequels like it's so terrible and it's done in in the one of the worst imaginable ways possible just because the first film was played so straight and this one was so almost intentionally goofy it was either it was either just that bad because of the 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 time that it took to write the script or they just did not give a shit and just made things goofy on purpose and just how polarizing it is makes it an interesting watch. And just, just scenes like that. The umbrella kill. Of course, the, the famous garbage day scene. That whole scene of him just walking down the street in broad daylight in like that that big blue puffy sweater just shooting people to like just... That's the other problem. <laughs> this is a Christmas movie called Silent Night, Deadly
0: Night Part 2. The entire thing takes place in 70-degree weather in yeah. the middle of summer. There's not one flake of snow in this movie that's not footage from the original film. Because mm-hmm. when I think of a Christmas movie, I think of something that takes place in June, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, the, the only thing I'll give this film in its use of the clips from the original movie is they sped it up. They they made the movie, the footage from the original movie flow much better by taking out pointless scenes of people driving or just staring or whatnot. So while you are seeing footage from the original film, you are seeing it re-edited to make it a little bit tighter. And actually I watched both of these back to back the other night. I could tell they actually did kind of improve the pacing a little bit, strangely enough.
3: Two is is just one of those infamous movies. It's uh, I mean, if you remember the ending of the first one, it was with the little brother. uh, You know, the axe lands right in front of him. So he does the punish. So obviously that was kind of the direction that they were going to, you know, that they were considering for the sequel. But then, you know, uh, all the controversy and everything happened. They took over with him as the killer. However, many years later, it's such a weird thing because. If the original producer and and writer were able to make the movie that they wanted to make, who knows what to you know what we would have gotten would, would they have been able to continue? Would it have gone over as well would it have gone over better? But the sequel just gives us that wonderful garbage day clip. Eric's performance it does make the movie more enjoyable than it should be. like if they made that movie and uh, they made it with uh if they made it with a good actor, it probably would have been. Uh, It might have been a little bit more passable, even though it had 44 minutes of uh, footage from the previous movie in it. But if they had made it with somebody who tried to play it more serious, uh, but was not a good actor, it probably would not have been that good at all and just might have ended the whole series right there.
0: This movie didn't go over that well. It only made a little bit over its budget, but its budget was only $100,000, so... It didn't need to make a whole lot. Eric Freeman became notorious in this role for his over-the-top acting. He had acting in sitcoms and things like that, but then he kind of vanished for the longest time. He came back in 2013 to do a screening of the film, and he says that he wants to make a direct sequel to Silent Night Deadly Night Part 2 which would oh my
2: god yes which
0: would yes. which would obviously ignore Silent Night Deadly Night Part 3 which has his character who is gunned down at this one now played by Bill Moseley with a brain a clear brain cap on and he's comatose and has a psychic connection with not Jennifer Conley because Silent Night Deadly Night 3 better watch out a direct to video film they're all direct to video at this point I guess we're in the full realm of uh, the supernatural now, because we we have a psychic blind girl. But this time, Monty f***ing Hellman directs the third movie. How the (laughs) hell that ever happened, I'm never going to know. But Monty Hellman directs Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out. Or according to the on-screen title, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Better Watch Out 3. This is Monty Hellman. This is a famous Oscar-winning director doing a direct-to-video slasher. So you know it's at least going to be well-directed. And Monty Hellman believes that, too. He says he believes some of the best work he's ever done was in this film, yet somehow it did not turn out to be his best film, which I understand about. But this time, like I said, we've got the psychic connection. It's very, very well-directed. Not very well-written. And good God, is it not edited properly. The print I have, my VHS, is an hour 24 and change. And if you cut out all of the scenes of people standing and staring, waiting to talk, just sitting and drinking and eating, or walking somewhere and driving somewhere, this movie would be a little over an hour long. This movie is very well directed. It's got a great style to it, a great look. The DP really did his job here. But my God, is this
2: movie padded beyond belief. I think as a sequel, I mean, it's not a bad follow-up, really. I mean, they, they tried to continue the story. I mean, Bill Mosley is always fun. I mean, that's it's never really a bad choice going with him because you know he's at least going to have that great um, over-the-top psychotic uh, vibe about him. He, he's one of my favorite uh, character actors when it comes to horror. He's uh, definitely a far cry away from looking anything like Eric Freeman, but I guess it doesn't really matter. They were just going for whoever they wanted to go with. Actually, it would probably be pretty fun to watch Eric Freeman play that exact same role with the 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 see through brain thing. That actually might also make the movie. <laughs> also,
0: the fact that he has
2: one line of dialogue in the film and it's in a dream sequence. <laughs> Didn't even probably even really matter who you're gonna have playing the killer. But I I I don't I dug the concept. I, I thought it was because uh, this one is the last one that actually even connects with the the first one at all. And I think as um. Trying to follow up with the ridiculousness that was the second one, I I felt like they did a a decent enough job. Like it's it's um certainly not the the worst of the of the series. It's it's uh it's a fun follow up. I, I don't think I really dislike any of the movies in the series, but this one is is definitely uh it's a fun one.
0: Well, and this film also couldn't get away from Silent Night, Deadly Night Two Tricks. This one also has almost ten minutes of footage from the first film again. Mm as the as not jennifer conley's dream sequences her psychic visions are direct footage from the first movie so it seems like all of the sequels here are going god we can't do anything without that first film can we
3: the third one it it is very well directed and uh, it doesn't uh suffer from what the first one did the first one, the uh, the director, uh, Charles Selye, was really uncomfortable doing the death scenes. So they ended up getting the second unit director to direct a lot of them, which was really like kind of reinforced what the one producer had said. He wanted uh, he wanted like some young blood to do the movie. He wanted like, the, quote unquote, the next John Carpenter. He had uh, he had interviewed a bunch of people. One of them being Sam Raimi. Could you imagine Sam Raimi directing the original uh, Silent Night Deadly Night back when you know he he had all that fire and and POV shots of everything Christmas. Uh, It would have been fantastic. (laughs) They ended up going with Celier and, uh, you know, because Selye had a direct, uh, he had more to do with the, he created the Grizzly Adams series and he did a lot of like religious movies and having him direct was so weird. So that's why the movie does feel like sometimes the scenes are really well shot and then other times it's kind of like very flat and they said usually whenever it was flat or uninteresting or whatnot, that was usually when Celier was directing so it was cool to see, you know, have a, a good director behind the, the camera with this one. Um, the movie in and of itself, uh, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was entertaining. It was fun. Uh, it definitely felt more like uh, a proper sequel than part two did.
0: And yet it's a direct sequel to part two.
3: Right. That's the that's the thing. It's like it. Uh, but I mean, as far as like it actually took place in the winter, it was it was uh, it was not as uh, as as campy. And uh, it was it was good. It was uh, I, I liked it.
0: My, my biggest complaint outside of the editing for the third film would be I love Robert Culp. He's always a consummate actor. But why is Robert Culp in this movie? He literally does. <laughs> nothing. I mean, he, he adds a lot to the movie with great dialogue and and quips and things like that. But he spends the entire film driving a car following Ricky's rampage to get to not Jennifer Conley's grandma's house. And he doesn't even kill Billy, at, or he doesn't even kill Ricky at the end. He literally do, He adds nothing whatsoever to this movie other than some interesting comic relief. Robert Culp is totally wasted in this film. You could have cut Robert Culp out of this movie, and it would have made no difference to the story at all. Mm-hmm. But again, he's Robert Culp playing a smart-ass cop, so that's always good.
3: I've <laughs> never seen him play that sort of character before.
0: No, n- not at all. Robert <laughs> Culp is a smart-ass cop? Come on, really <laughs> casting against type, aren't we? As as you guys pointed out, this was the last one of these that actually had anything to do with the first film. Now we get in-name-onlys for the next three movies. Now in 1990, just one year after the third film, we get Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation. Now you've got Brian Usna, a horror film veteran, directing. There's nothing whatsoever to do with the other movies at all. This was another direct-to-video IVE title. They had the rights to Silent Night, Deadly Night, and like we talked about with Hellraiser and so many other franchises, it was, we're probably going to sell more tapes if it's labeled as part of a franchise. So Mm -hmm. this just happened to be a Christmas movie about witchcraft that they said, you know what, now it's Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, initiation, and it's a really bad movie. This isn't a bad Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. This is a bad movie. It's boring as sin. I hated this movie. It's got a good cast. You know, you got Tommy Hinckley and Reggie Bannister and Clint Howard and whatnot. And, you know, you got Brian Usna, who's a competent director. And somehow the film, I mean, it's about witches at Christmas time initiating a, a new convert of a housewife. And yet it's. F- fucking boring god damn it and then weirdly enough somehow some of these movies take place in alternate realities because in silent night deadly night 2 ricky goes to see silent night deadly night the movie even though he's having the flashbacks to those exact scenes he's seeing playing out in a movie and in this movie silent night deadly night 4 initiation they're watching silent night deadly night 3 on television
3: they were they were meta before meta was cool Now, when I said that the movies had ups and downs and when they were when it was up, it was up, when it was down, it was down. This is one of the downs. Conceptually, this should have been a home run, but uh, it it just turned into a a not good movie at all. Uh, It's a shame. This is one out of out of all of them. This is the one that I've probably seen the least. So, uh, I mean, it's it's worth watching if you're a completionist, but it's not a good movie. Like if you were to throw in uh throw in some nudity or something, I mean, God, the the haunting of Morella is a terrible movie, but there's a, a copious amount of nudity in it, and that actually makes it interesting.
2: That's uh, definitely the, the weakest one. It feels the the furthest from actually being a, a Silent Night Deadly Night movie. Um, it looks nice. I mean, yeah, Brian Yuzna is he's good with uh, with what he does. The cast is not bad, but it's it's certainly the weakest when it comes to the Silent Night Deadly Night uh, franchise, so to speak. Um, the the ones that would follow were a lot better. This is kind of in my like, like what Sisa was saying when when the series was was up and and really good, it was great. But when it was down, this was definitely I, I'd say the down. Uh, the down point for the for the franchise cuz this one is is easily the the weakest one it is kind of a kind of a tough sit and a uh, quite boring even if it is like shot well and it it does have some uh, some entertaining actors in it like uh, like Clint Howard well then
0: this one must have been successful on video because the next year we got Silent Night Deadly Night 5 The Toymaker which is a sequel to the fourth movie because Nye, Hunter, and Clint Howard have cameos as their same characters from from Initiation. So this is technically a sequel to the not-really-sequel, but at the same time, keep in mind, they were watching footage of Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, which is a sequel to Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which was watching footage of the first Silent Night, Deadly Night, yet everyone has flashbacks of those, yet in this one there's a one-line reference to Billy's Rampage. So (laughs) it's kind of in continuity with both, (laughs)
1: sides
0: of the sequel sort of maybe Mm. not really kind of but this time we get the ultimate irony in Toymaker. one of the biggest proponents of getting the original silent night deadly night pulled from theaters was mickey rooney you know famous for making christmas films and whatnot when he was a kid and he was flat broke by 1991 mickey rooney stars in the fifth film (laughs) i can't be the only one that thinks that is mildly ironic huh
3: That's not even mildly ironic. It's ridiculously ironic. It it just shows that uh, some people, they have morals and all this when things are fine, but when things go in the toilet, well, those morals go right out the window and they'll do what uh, they have to 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 pay the bills. And uh, it's just... It's funny that uh that he would he would do this. And actually, uh Toymaker is is not bad. I mean, it's nowhere near as bad as 4, and it's worth it to just see uh Mickey Rooney just eating his balls and have to play, you know, the, this killer Santa Toymaker when years earlier he was such a dick to the original filmmakers.
0: This is the only one of these I did not rewatch for this retrospective, because I have all the others on DVD. I don't have this one. Well, actually, I I don't have four on DVD. I have the Initiation on Laserdisc. So I watched my Laserdisc last week of four. So this is the only one I'm going purely on memory for. I just remembered it being kind of dull. I mean, I haven't seen it since 1991 or 92. I just don't remember it being all that good.
2: I do think this one's cool. Um, it feels more in tone with the... Uh, well, at least, you know, you've got the theme of the, the killer Santa, and, and this was when they got him, like, killer toys and stuff like that, and the, the effects by Screaming Mad George are, are honestly really cool. Like, it's a fun one to watch. It's got some nice uh, nice death scenes in it. It It is kind of dull, but it doesn't move nearly as as slowly as the fourth one. It, it's one where if you wanted to, like, marathon the originals, you could easily just skip out on the on the fourth one and then just watch one through four or, or one through five kind of in succession. And it feels sort of like a, like a proper marathon because at least you're, you're getting like killer Santa stuff. And even if the, the fifth one is very, loosely tied in with the original it is still like a killer sand. and you know it's the context of him making toys and the, the, the whole idea of like building a, a person is like totally creepy and the way that like the human puppet or human uh living action figure or whatever looks is really creepy like the, the effects are really solid in that one and it does have a, a decent pace to it a little dull at times uh far from being the the weakest entry i, I think this one is uh is a lot of fun IVE, L I V E Live at Entertainment at this point, I don't
0: know what happened. They either lost the rights or Toymaker did not do too well on home video because there were no further sequels. And you would think they look at look at what LI look at what Live and IVE did with the Witchcraft movies. They kept pumping those things out, and those couldn't possibly have made less money than a silent night deadly night sequel. So something <laughs> must have happened behind the scenes. And then all of a sudden we go to 2012 where they announced they're making a remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night. This one just called Silent Night, and I don't even consider it a remake, because other than a Santa Claus killing people, it has nothing whatsoever in common. It's got no characters in common, no references, no, no actors in common. The story is completely different. It's literally a killer Santa Claus at Christmas time in a small town, and it's Silent Night. I don't even consider this a remake, but apparently they paid for the rights, so it's technically a remake. This movie, we talked about how we understood, we didn't agree with, but we understood why Billy was doing what he was doing. And we saw his progression of how he moved through the town and killing who he was killing. I don't know what this one is about. This one is about a guy who has psychic Santa powers. He literally, we see a character acting despicable inside their own home, they answer the door, and he's there killing them. And this happens again and again and again and again. And it's like, okay, so he just knows where every naughty person in town is? It's ridiculous. Malcolm McDowell looks like he's both having fun and really doesn't want to be here as the sheriff. I hated this movie. CGI gore. The kills were completely toothless. There was nothing in this movie that was anything good. This was a shameless, pointless cash-in remake.
3: I love this movie. I thought of it was you do. so much fun. Uh, Malcolm McDowell, you're wrong. He absolutely was having a blast playing this. He was mm-hmm. just chewing up every scene he was in. He was just shooting out this dialogue. It's just so over the top. You know, ah, you don't know what you're talking. He was so good in this. Uh, I really liked the way that it was shot the way that um there was the one outdoor kill where they did a lot of like uh just weird camera uh, like colors switching in and out just the 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 way that it was done because it's like here's the santa that's going on this rampage through town i think it was not so much that he just happened to randomly be stopping in on people being naughty i think that it was he was stopping in like everybody in the town was awful the
0: editing sure as hell didn't show that it showed like the little girl like that super mm -hmm. bitch little girl and then the the drunk in the bar it seemed like we cut it would go from him killing somebody to cut to him killing another person that we just saw being a bastard and whatnot. It never showed anything in between. It was implying through the editing he is killing all of these people because he knows psychically there's a naughty person that needs punishment.
3: I, I think it was more just so that everybody in town was just awful, uh, with the exception of, uh, of, of the uh, Jamie King, who was the, the cop. Uh, was one
0: of the blandest actresses ever. Oh, Her I performance liked... was like she was on sleeping pills. No, it she wasn't. looked like she was going to fall asleep at any moment even during action scenes.
3: See, you get into a point in your head where you start to you watch a movie and you dislike it and you start to create things that of why like what's really happening. She was fine. She Go was... back and
0: watch this movie and see how many times she almost dozes off.
3: No, you're wrong. Cuz I just saw this not that long ago and it's still fun. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. I think that the reason why they paid the the money to 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 do the remake rights was basically that if they were to do a, a Killer Santa movie, it's very possible that they would have been sued. Because, you know, si- I mean, even though Silent Night, Deadly Night was not the first Killer Santa movie, there were two Killer Santa movies before it. But when you say Killer Santa, everyone automatically thinks of Silent Night, Deadly Night.
0: Everything good we've said about Silent Night, Deadly Night, the original, I still think Christmas Evil is a better film.
3: Oh, Christmas Evil is an amazing film. Christmas Evil is is just uh, it's because it, it's not really so much of a Killer Santa movie. It's more uh, again, it's kind of like how Silent Night, Deadly Night is, is that you see uh brandon Maggart's like descent into madness and it also
0: like, has one of the best endings ever
3: oh it's brilliant it's actually one of john waters his favorite movies he uh he, the, the he
0: last was, 15 seconds if if you've never seen it you have to watch charlie McMullen on youtube watching it for the first time it's brilliant <laughs> he had no idea what was coming
3: <laughs> well nobody no one could have predicted that ending It's it's amazing. It's so like just incredible. And uh, yeah, it's it's wonderful. And then uh, well, I won't spoil it for anybody. But but I I love the the uh, not really a remake, reboot, whatever. It it is its own movie. It just happens to uh, have half of the name.
2: I'm with C. a that's that's a really good one. I mean, it's not really necessarily a remake. It does borrow scenes. It has the uh the same crazy old man speech of you know the the kid coming to visit his you know grandpa in the old folks home or whatever. But it's still you're goes never up. gonna out crazy the original though. That actor in no. the original is fantastic. Ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's there's a uh, wasn't that and the old man in the original wasn't that the um you killed my pine from uh Back to the Future the the old man and I think that's the same <laughs> same actor he, he 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 was
0: he was also franco nero's partner sidekick in enter the ninja too
2: yeah that's right yeah you're, you're never gonna top that guy obviously but um i i liked what silent Knight did i i highly disagree with the kills being as uh josh said uh toothless they weren't all cg there were a couple of cg kills but that that wood chipper death was gruesome the dude that oh this, like, yeah the dude that gets his, like, head split in half with the axe is insanely gruesome. The, the only one that really sucked was when they recreated the antler depth, and that one was, like, pretty cheaply CG looking. And it's weird because they do that, and then they follow it up with the really gruesome axe head split thing. But, I mean, other than that, I didn't really have many complaints with it. I think it was a really awesome-looking movie. It, it did a great job with color, just using Christmas lights to make lighting and using lots of greens and lots of reds, especially in the, the police station at the end with, like, the final standoff between uh, uh, McDowell and uh, – what was her name? Uh, Jamie, Jamie King? Jamie King, yeah. Yeah. That,
0: okay. Okay. The one thing you can take away from this
2: movie, never bring a flamethrower to a gunfight. That is <laughs> that is that movie's garbage day. That is such a great line. I I didn't really think too much into the whole whether he's like a psychic Santa killer or not. I mean, I, I think they, they wanted to go with the same sort of concept where... Uh, The Santa killer is going around and killing people who are being naughty and and punishing them. And uh, I don't think they put too much thought into how he knows that these people are being naughty, but he just does. And it's kind of that same pseudo vigilante santa that he was that uh billy was in silent night deadly night and he has his own sort of tragic backstory that billy did it's it's a bit different they go kind of except I,
0: his backstory in this one is stupid the backstory for billy is tragic there's a big difference it's it stupid I mean, and tragic
2: i don't know if it was stupid but they kind of they, they go with sort of a revenge thing it's uh from what I remember, um, it's it's sort of because uh, I I didn't really rewatch this one for the for the retrospective because I only saw it again like maybe less than a year ago. But it's it's sort of more like uh, a My Bloody Valentine kind of thing where it's like the son or something picking up after the father or something, which I thought was cool. I liked that. I, I liked the movie overall. I think it had a great look to it. I think the performances were really fun. I think it had some nice moody lighting and some really. Really gruesome over the top uh over the top kills that um rivaled some of the, the some of the very sleazy stuff that you saw in the original. I, I think it makes a, a very good companion uh to the first film because in a way it's very different. And it does things very differently and it has its own vibe, but on the other hand, it also is paying tribute uh to the original in a lot of ways, with the old man's speech and the antler death. And of course the sort of pseudo vigilante thing that the that the santa claus is doing you know killing naughty people but obviously going ridiculously over the top with it i i, uh, I think you're way in the wrong when it comes to how much hate you spew for this movie and I, i'm definitely with cecil i think this is uh it's it's really one of the one of the best um horror movies i found that came out in uh, 2012 and it's one that i've found that i'm able to go back and rewatch quite a bit
0: all right, I'll let you two be wrong. You have the, you have every right <laughs> to
2: be wrong on movies. Cecil's
0: made a career out of it. So with that said, we've got six movies in this franchise. Now, assuming Eric Freeman never makes his Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 3, do you think the franchise is something you you should recommend as a whole? Because, I mean, how do you think the franchise holds up after all these years? From 1984 all the way through 2015. Do you think the franchise holds up? really i i think only 1 and 3 are relatively strong films i think 2 out of 6 is not a great ratio
3: overall uh i am kind of hoping that eric gets to make the his direct sequel because it'll just be fantastic uh shit <laughs> put that put that up on kickstarter man i'll i'll, I'll throw you know 30 bucks at it. it it would it would be wonderful especially if if he does it as campy and actually makes a complete movie out of it instead of stitching together you know parts from the previous it, film. No,
0: it would be funny if he uses scenes from silent Night, deadly night 2 only
3: <laughs> Yeah, he just recuts 2 and it's only like 45 minutes long and oh uh, yeah that uh but um yeah because he has to spend all the money to buy the rights in order to do it and I think that um, it, over, overall, as far as a franchise, I mean, the first one is completely solid. It's one of the best horror movies ever made. And then the remake reboot thingy at the end is, is just an amazingly fun movie. And then the movies in between two is, is ridiculously silly, but incredibly watchable. Three is is very well shot, but you uh, a little dull. Four is a mess. And then five is watchable simply because there's killer toys and you have uh Mickey Rooney just eating his balls on camera. So uh overall <laughs> I, I enjoy uh I enjoy the series.
2: I think it's better than a lot of uh pseudo franchises that uh come with uh, horror like movies that are that are clearly kind of meant to be sort of standalone and become franchises for for whatever reason, it's it's better than the Amityville series, that's for sure. Better than a lot of the um, Howling sequels. Um, I think overall, uh, the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies, it make for a pretty for pretty short, if you want to watch all of them in succession, it only has really one slip up, in my opinion. I think four is just kind of slow and not as watchable as the other ones, but even it has its redeeming qualities. Uh, some some good actors, some great direction from Brian Yuzna. So overall, I I like the series. I think it it had a it had a nice remake. It has a great original you can watch them um in succession or you can just sort of pick and choose i think overall it's it's one that i that i would recommend i think it's it's one of the better lesser known uh, slasher franchises. And the movie itself, Silent Night, Deadly Night, for anybody that hasn't seen it, I highly recommend it, because it's really one of those underappreciated films that people just assume, ah, it's just a it's slimy, sleazy little exploitation film with no meaning and nothing, but really, it it's one of the most layered slasher films out there. In a lot of ways, it's it's better than the Friday the 13th and the and the Nightmare on Elm Street and the Halloweens, and it has so much awesome character development, and it just deserves to be seen. This being a silent night and a deadly night, where could people
0: find Cecil if they want to stalk him this Christmas? Because, you know, Santa's not the only one that might not come.
3: Uh, you can stalk me at uh, escapistmagazine.com as well as goodbadflix.com. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, you should also watch my stuff on YouTube and follow me on Twitter.
2: All right. Well, Peter, red car. Good call. Where can people find you? <laughs> um, you can come and uh, either get punished by me or punish me, depending on whether you're a sub or a dom, at Zinematica on Twitter, uh, YouTube, The Cinemascist, Facebook, The Cinematicist, or on 1201beyond.com. You can find me at 1201beyond.com. doesn't have to be Christmas.
0: At 1201beyond.com, every night is the scariest damn night of the whole damn year. You can contact me at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, remember, keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Don't be a Ricky, don't be a Billy, and don't be a Mother Superior. Have a good (laughs) night.
1: Okay, we we have a Christmas song for you now. We like to play this is a Christmas song. And this you know and everything, but people don't think that we're sentimental or anything but don't despair just because it's Christmas. Children that are so gay at Christmas. Oh the children the street, hope they get something good to eat. But for me, it's not so great. Fuck Christmas, 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 Christmas, Christmas. See ya. Thank you. See ya. Thank you.
0: Radio Drone is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit
1: 1201beyond.com for more great shows.